All right, guys, here we go. Hard to believe that baseball season's almost over because it feels like it just started, though. If you're an Orioles fan, it feels like it's been going on forever. But it's also hard to believe that football season, it's almost back. The NFL preseason kicks off with the Hall of Fame game on August 1st. And soon we'll have regular season NFL and college football. That means it's time to make an account at the best online sports book known to man. That's right. I'm talking about my bookie. Sports betting is exploding in popularity. If you want to get in on the action with a trusted company that's been in business for years, my bookie is the place for you. With an easy, no-hassle mobile site, 24-7 customer service, and bets on every sport and prop imaginable, my bookie provides a fun, safe betting experience. And if you deposit today, my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus. That's right, you put in $100, they'll give you $50. You put in $1,000, They'll give you 500. It's that easy. Football weekends, hey, they're fun, but they're even more thrilling when every touchdown can win you more money. So go to mybookie.ag and sign up today using promo code CHAOS. At mybookie, you play, you win, you get paid. We got one more here, folks. You all know SeatGeek, right? SeatGeek.com. Let them take the confusion out of your ticket-buying experience. Now, instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the best web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you are getting the best bang for your buck. Green Dot marks great deals, Yellow Dot good deals, and Red Dot not so good deals. Use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. Why wouldn't you do it? What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. They have the tickets. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate, and overwhelming stupidity. Hey everybody, welcome to Full Count Chaos, getting ready for the second half of the 2019 Orioles season. You know, I was excited, Friday came around the weekend, Friday night, getting the weekend started, sitting down, watching the Orioles play after the All-Star break. Four minutes into the game, Bundy shits the bed. Giving up seven runs, first inning, so that's how the Orioles' second half of the season is going to start. Bundy is now uh, fake injured. You know, it's one of those injuries where uh, Brandon Hyde walks in and says, hey, uh, your knee hurts. And he's like, no, it doesn't. He's like, yeah, it does. He's like, I don't care. Pick an elbow, your finger. It hurts, and you're out. But that's not what fans are talking about right now. Folks, shit just got real with this rebuild. Watching Andrew Kashner walk out of the exit. We're at the threshold of hell! And some fans are now feeling the effects of a true rebuild. All I gotta say is, Kashner, your mullet and rock star beard and attitude will be missed. And that sucked. When I saw him get traded Saturday, I was not happy. And we'll get into all of that as well as John Means this episode and the week he had... Uh, Verlander telling Rob Manford he's full of shit. Wait, what did you say? And also, my dream has finally come true for baseball. 
So there's a lot I want to go over, especially uh, being out last week. I did announce the last episode that I wasn't going to be able to put out an episode uh, this past week because we had relatives staying in the house and the room that I have all my equipment set up in. Uh, somebody had to sleep in that room, but that's okay because we do anything for family, right? <laughs> but I hope you all enjoyed the 4th of July weekend. Uh, it was hot as hell. And I was talking about this with some friends of mine during the weekend. I don't remember days being this hot as a kid. And I was always outside as a kid, always playing sports, building forts, whatever kids did when we were growing up. I just don't remember how hot it is now. I mean, now I'm outside for four minutes and my balls are stuck to my leg like someone super glued that shit together. I don't know what's happening, but it just feels like every day... It's getting hotter. Like, I'm I'm mowing the lawn these days in the summer at, like, 8 o'clock at night just before it gets dark. But I had a good time. Hope you did, too. Friends, beer, barbecue, swimming, fireworks. It was fun. It was a good time. I hope you all had a safe weekend. Now, Kashner. Andrew Kashner, I'm sure if you, if you didn't hear and you're tuning into this podcast now, if you're an Orioles fan, I'm assuming you probably heard he was traded to Satan's team for two 17-year-olds named Elio Prado and Noberth Romero, outfielder and an infielder from Boston. Uh, Prado and Romero have been assigned to the uh, rookie-level Dominican Summer League on separate teams. Uh, Nobody really knows much about those two guys. And if you're talking to someone who said, oh, yeah, yeah, I follow them, they're full of shit. All right, even Mike Elias said, "I, I, I guess we'll see what happens. I don't know. Hopefully it works out. And I know a lot of people said, hey, Kashner did say back in May he didn't want to be traded. And if that happened, he'd have to sit down with his family and think about what he wanted to do. Well, off he went. Bye-bye. Now, it was a perfect time to trade Kashner. And again, I hope that this trade works out. But you're feeling the effects of the rebuild, picking up two young guys. Who knows when we'll see. But look, Kashner's last starts, last five starts, 141 ERA, Zero home runs allowed, especially pitching in Camden Yards. And with the balls being juiced, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, The last five starts, he had six-plus innings in each of them. Since the start of April, he has a 275 ERA and nine starts against teams that entered today with a winning record. And he had the lowest ERA in the American League since June 1st. Now, right now, as we're talking, he has a 9-3 record, 383 ERA, and 17 starts for the Orioles this season. Now, lifetime, he's 55 and 82. Uh, he has 10 seasons with the Orioles, Rangers, Marlins, Padres, and Cubs. This is the shit you already know. And uh, just a little detail of the uh, trade. Baltimore agreed to send Boston $1.7 million to cover all but $1.5 of the $3.3 million is due from his $8 million salary this year. Are you following me? Uh, I'm cheating here, acting like I know what I'm talking about, but I'm just reading. Baltimore also agreed to make a contingent payment on some of Kashner's performance bonuses if he should achieve them. All right, there you have it. Uh, Brandon Hyde even says, look, we're a million miles away from where we're going to be sometime soon. (laughs) People are like, sometime soon? Are you kidding me? So Andrew Kashner off to the Red Sox. It sounds like he's going to be their number five pitcher and it it sucks because of course you know us being Orioles fan I was a fan of Andrew Kasher every time there was a home run or a big play he was always the guy standing up in the dugout high-fiving everyone clapping 
I mean, he looked like he was a lot of fun to be around. He loved being around the Orioles and the players, the relationships he had. So I'm sure, it, you know, it's any time, any time a, a baseball player gets traded, it's, it, you know, I'm sure it's got to be tough picking your family up and leaving. But here's what he said. He says, it's a shocking moment, but I kind of saw it coming just the way our club is trending. Uh, he says, I think it will maybe sink in tonight once I leave tomorrow, but just kind of say goodbye to all my teammates. He says, it's definitely exciting. I think that will more kick in once you get there. You make a lot of relationships in this game, and just saying goodbye to a lot of people is maybe the toughest thing. So there you have it, man. That that stinks. Andrew Casher, out the door. <laughs> oh, well. You know, I mean, I think we all saw it coming. I know back in May when he said, in the, you know, his statement of, I don't want to be traded, and if I do, I might have to sit down with my family, and, and whatever the case, whatever he said, it made sense. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Trey Mancini's the next guy to go either. It's a fucking rebuild, folks. It's going to happen. So as the weeks and months go on, and the years go on, <laughs> I'm sure five, six years down the road, we're going to say, hey, there's those two guys that we traded for Andrew Kashner, and unless they're Hall of Fame players, some of you may think, what a shit trade. But it was a perfect time. So we'll get into more of that as the weeks go on. And Andrew Kashner, you will be missed, buddy. You will be missed. Um, I'm going to get to John Means here in just a second and, and Justin Verlander, the All-Star game. But ever since I started this podcast, I've been saying umpires can suck my ass with their strike calling. I know it's a hard job, but some of these umpires are not good at their job at all. I've, I've said they need radar or whatever technology they can use to make it 100%. If it's not 100%, make it close to 100%. But Major League Baseball might be going to balls and strikes radar. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, this was something they tried on uh, the Atlantic League All-Star game Wednesday night. The review said, hey, everything went great. There's a couple things that came up, but that's going to happen. And how it would go down would be the umps would wear an AirPod Bluetooth earpiece. Uh, obviously, they would still stand behind the plate because if something happens, they still got to call balls or strikes. And there's other plays and scenarios. Obviously, you need an umpire behind the plate. I'm just kind of reading here right now because this is brand new, so I'm not 100% sure of what's uh, what it's all about. It says the system, which uses TrackMan technology, ooh, sounds exciting, was a success. As the umpire was relayed the balls and strike calls through his iPhone, um, they get a little more specific. They said a 3D Doppler radar screen attached to the roof of the stadium directly behind home plate registered pitches sent the information to a laptop computer with TrackMan data. Again, there's that TrackMan data technology. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of TrackMan. Uh, it says that strike strike and ball info was then transmitted from the computer in the press box to the home plate umpire who carried his iPhone with Bluetooth in his pocket and wore an Apple AirPod wireless headphone in his right ear. After each pitch, he'd hear the baller strike and then make the call on the field with only a second or two lag in the execution. Sounds fantastic to me. I love it. <laughs> and they said it probably about five years of when this is going to come out. And I'll say it again, pitchers and players 
shouldn't have to study the umpire behind the plate that game to know where strikes and balls are. There should be one strike zone, and that's it. Ben McDonald was calling the game Friday night, talking with Gary Thorne and brought that up as well. It should be one strike zone. That's it. You know, they should be in the same goddamn place every single time a pitch is thrown. Name one other sport that does that, where the uh, rougher umpire make up their own rules as the game goes on, you know? So I was thrilled. I just wanted to bring that up. I was thrilled. Again, it may not be for another five years, but I don't care. I'm just glad it's not a rumor anymore. It's not a fun conversation you can have with your pals when you're driving to the ball game. I'm glad that it's actually happening. And, of course, it has to do a lot with people being able to express their frustration all over Twitter and Facebook, whatever. However it is on the Internet, people complain. And, as you know, 2019, all someone has to do, just a couple, few people bitch and complain about something on Twitter. And it trends, and people continue to talk about it. And there you have it. They get their way, which I'm glad in this instance. (laughs) I'm glad the people like me who are bitching and complaining about the umpires, how bad they are calling balls and strikes, the league look into it. Now they're actually doing something about it. And like I said, when it first starts, yeah, they might have to tweak a couple things, but who cares? I'm just glad it's moving in the right direction. So when that finally happens, it's time to celebrate. And speaking of celebrating, John Means. Welcome to the All-Star Game. That was exciting, seeing that he was announced, because he definitely deserved it. I know Trey Mancini didn't make it. A lot of people were upset about that. But John Means obviously earned going to the All-Star. He didn't play in the All-Star Game. So people were upset that Trey Mancini didn't make it. Now we're upset that John Means didn't even play in the All-Star Game. I wasn't too surprised that was going to happen. I mean, I watched the whole game just to watch him hopefully come into the game. You know, if Trey Mancini made the All-Star game and then he only played for the first three innings and then he was done, I pro- that's when I would, would have been done too. I would have been finished watching the All-Star game. I watched the whole thing hoping John Means was going to get into the game, which obviously he did not. You know, e- even though he had the second best ERA in the majors, obviously talking about John Means, he didn't play. Tanaka was a damn replacement and he pitched before John Means, which I thought was bullshit. Guy didn't even originally make the All-Star game, but he pitches instead of John Means. And this bullshit that I'm seeing people say, he needs to earn it. You know, it was his first year. He needs to earn it to be able to play. He needs to work his way up. He did earn it, you moron. What a jackass statement. He made the majors. He made it through the minors, up into the majors, and he's pitching like an all-star. He's a starter on a major league baseball team. What the fuck else does he have to do to earn it? I hate that. It's like with Buck Showalter when he ah, whatever. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> Enough with Buck Showalter bashing. I did. We did that for many years. But anyway, even though he's one of the greatest uh, managers that the Orioles ever had, so I thought that was just asinine comments about he needs to earn it. He's just a freshman. It doesn't matter. You make the big leagues and you play like an all-star. You should play the game. And John Means tweeted out after the game, had an incredible week with an incredible group of guys. Couldn't be more grateful for the opportunity to be around some of the best to ever do it. This is an experience that I'll never forget. 
Time to get back to work. Hashtag Birdland. I don't know. I think you should have tweeted out something like, uh, Alex Corgo, fuck yourself. Let's go birds. Don't at me. <laughs> Hashtag Birdland. But you can't do that. You just got to say, hey, I'm glad I made it. I'm glad I was there. It was a great experience. And uh, Eric from Barstool, I saw him put out a tweet. He said, the worst part of this is John Means had to go out to Cleveland for nothing. <laughs> Cleveland. I've never been to Cleveland, but everybody who has says it's just a shitty city and it's awful. It's terrible. There's nothing to do out there. <laughs> I'm sure people in Cleveland are like, well, I'm never going to go to Baltimore because I've heard some things about that city too. But of course, these guys say the right thing. I actually saw people tweeting out about how they were frustrated that John Means in his tweet didn't express his frustration for not playing in the game. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I mean, he was just shell-shocked that he even went to the All-Star game, and I truly believe he was just thankful for being there and being able to be around players like that. He's not used to that. He, he's been around players like the Oriole players. <laughs> these guys shouldn't even be in the league. But now he's facing some of these guys who are going to be in the Hall of Fame. So, of course, I'm sure he's just like, ah, fuck it, whatever. I'm having fun. He's not going to complain about it. <laughs> I like the tweet from Jared Diamond. He's a baseball writer for Wall Street Journal. He tweeted out, if you knew who John Means was before last week and you're not a diehard Orioles fan, you are a true hardcore baseball person. Because <laughs> people who were not a fan of the Orioles were actually putting John Means' picture on their tweet going, who is this guy? I mean, it was ridiculous. It was crazy. But again, I still think he should have pitched, should have been in there. It was a great story. I mean, look, John Means almost told baseball to kiss his ass and walked out the door. And I think it's great he made a LinkedIn profile. He really did. I thought that was a joke when I first saw that, but no, he did. He uh, put, obviously, on his resume, baseball player and substitute teacher. Caleb Joseph almost did the same thing, he said, when uh, he joined the Orioles, came up from the minors, because he's been in the minors since 88. <laughs> Caleb comes up. He's like, yeah, I'd like to introduce you to my grandkid. His name's Brian. I mean, he was getting old. Yeah, but John Means almost called it quits. Said, screw this shit. Stuck with it. Here he is. Taking uh, uh, photos with his sexy-ass girlfriend. And it's okay. I I can say that. You know why? Because it's true. (laughs) That's why. Very beautiful girlfriend. I mean, John Means joked that he would be so out of place, he thought the players would think he was a clubhouse worker. (laughs) People didn't recognize him. They don't need to know who he is. Look, it must have felt a little strange and awkward uh, for John Means, knowing the entire world assumed it was Trey. There was even a poster around the Cleveland Stadium, and Trey Mancini was in the poster with the other guys in the All-Star. I mean, everybody, everybody thought it was going to be Trey Mancini. But when John Means made the All-Star game, we all said, yeah, that makes sense. Congratulations. I feel that if Trey Mancini uh, stuck at first base the whole first half of the season, he would have made the All-Star game, and a lot of people feel that as well. But John Means going to the All-Star game, getting voted in, it kind of reminded me of like they were at an award show. You know, uh, Trey Mancini was supposed to get this award. Uh, he even gotten his special tux. Uh, they were getting ready to announce the award. Yeah. Trey Mancini's brushing off everything on his tuxedo, combing his hair, asking his wife if he looks okay, getting ready to make a speech. And then they say, congratulations, John Means. And there's John 
at the awards show. You know, he's shoving his face with cake, doesn't even realize he's supposed to give a speech. It just seemed like an awkward situation for that poor guy. But, of course, he had fun. Trey was happy he went, so he says. But with John making the All-Star game, there was more articles that came out about him. Uh, there were fun facts that I was reading, like when he first went into high school, he was five foot four, 145 pounds. Jesus, I haven't been 145 pounds since I was eight. He grew an entire foot in high school. I also saw he chose pitching because he couldn't run for shit. That was one thing in sports I was good at. I was fast as hell. Uh, his mom is too nervous to watch him pitch live on TV. She takes a walk every time he pitches, and then she comes back, she TiVos it. <laughs> or a DVR. I don't even have DVR. I think I'm the only person on the planet who doesn't have DVR. I have friends that come over to watch TV and uh, some big play happens on the game and they want to rewind it. I'm like, sorry. You got channel up or channel down, whatever you want to do. And they look at me like I'm nuts. Like, what What do you mean? What? So I think I got I to gotta look into that DVR. Here they give you like a month free. That's how they get you because you're like, all right, I'll try it for a month and then I'll just cancel it. And then you're like, this is amazing. And then they get your money. Those bastards. So, yeah, that's uh, her, his mom too nervous to watch the game. That's how I am with all the games I watch. Even these Oriole games that mean absolutely nothing. I'm pacing back and forth. We're up by one run in the eighth inning. You know, who cares if they win or lose? That's how diehard of a fan we all are because I know you're out there too. You know, it's 4-3, four 4-2, to three, four to two, ninth inning. We got our closer out there pacing back and forth. They got two runners on. You're free. I'm on the edge of my seat, and I'm like, this means nothing. <laughs> Whether they win or lose, it's better if they lose. I still can't get into that. I, I understand that it would be pretty cool to get next year the first-round draft pick, and since we're so bad, you know, let's just lose out. I still want to win every game I watch. I can't get into that state of mind of, Ah, whatever, just lose, no problem. But Trey Mancini not making the game, I would have bet a ton of money that he was going to be the one. I mean, look, it's a popularity contest with the All-Star Game. It's a television show. You know, baseball, they want ratings. They want sexy picks. I mean, Mancini's numbers were crazy. He had a 291 average, 351 OBP, slugging of 517, 17 homers, 40 RBIs, 8 multi-RBI games, and leads the team with 25 multi-hit games. Mancini also hit safely in 19 of 24 games in June, but old Johnny Boy, (laughs) old Johnny Boy comes in and says, ah, you know, I think I'm better than you are. I'm going to go ahead and make the All-Star game. So I was was happy. I was happy to see John Means. There were some cool pictures of him in the dugout laughing. He's always got a smile. Why not, you know? You're about to quit baseball. You, you get your LinkedIn profile updated. Before you know it, you're making millions, and you're a baseball player playing in the majors, making the all-star. I mean, it must have happened so damn fast for the guy. And that's why I say it must have been awkward. Everyone knows who Trey Mancini is. Everyone thought he was going to be the one, and then they announced John Means. It must have been a little awkward. Shit, they make a poster <laughs> with Trey Mancini in it thinking that is who's going to be the Orioles all-star guy. And they it's funny they still hung the poster. just goes to show you people don't pay attention for shit. It's like that Instagram page I follow. You had one job, and they show shit like that, hanging up a poster for the all-star game with Trey Mancini in there instead of John Means. <laughs> uh, so the Orioles' last nine games before heading into the second half, they went 5-4. and four. 
So that was kind of like a bri- the first bright side of the whole season. And then again, you're thinking, all right, coming into the second half, how are we going to do? Bundy shits the bed. I mean, he's doing so bad. Bundy is turning into a verb. You know, if a pitcher had a bad day or gives up a home run, Obi just bundied. It's getting bad out there. They're scoring runs lately. They are. The offense, obviously, you know, before that last couple weeks, they played Cleveland, 26 runs in two games. That was just insane. But the bullpen, still tough to watch. The team ERA, still the worst in the league at 574. Bullpen, 606 ERA. Uh, pitch it. They've, they allowed 170 home runs, which puts them on pace to allow a major league record 309. And then I saw a tweet from Rich Dubroff. He said, the Orioles have won just five games started by pitchers other than Dylan Bundy, Andrew Kasher, and John Means. So with the Orioles ending the first half going 5-4, and four, they're on pace to go 49-113, and 113, which would be fantastic. It's a two-game improvement. You know, that that's a positive. That's what we want. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unfucking believable. God, do we need to get that fixed? And watching the All Star game, I, again, I did watch the whole thing because I thought eventually John Means was gonna get put in, and I I thought at least he was gonna be like a reliever, pitch against a left handed batter, and then they take him out. No, they didn't even see the game, obviously. But seeing those pitchers pitch, the best of the best of the best, man, that was impressive. That was fun to watch. Justin Verlander coming out throwing ninety nine right off the bat. Striking everybody out. American League pitchers in that game set a new all-star game record. I saw they struck out 16. That's not bad. When, you know, you're facing the best batters, best batters are facing the best pitchers. It's like, all right, it's quite a battle. And the pitchers definitely won that battle. But um, not that many people saw it. Because the ratings were the lowest ever for an all-star baseball game. And I, I keep seeing that. I keep seeing how ratings are dropping and TV ratings. And I just, again, I've said it before on here. I don't think people have the patience for baseball anymore. You got everybody loves those five and ten minute YouTube clips. They got an app. They watch a quick video. Boom, on to the next. Something funny that happened. 20 second video. Boom, on to the next. People's attention span are just not like they used to be. Remember when fax machines first came out? Oh, you probably don't. But it'd take like an hour for the facts to get over, and people thought that was lightning speed. <laughs> but the uh, it says library of data from the last 20 years over at Sports Media Watch reveals that overnight for the All-Star game has been steadily declining over the last 20 years, and over the last 10, overnights have been sheared more than 40%. Damn. From an 11.0 back in 2008 to last night, 6.2. Now, if you don't know what that means, basically it's 6.2 million households are tuned into the show. So in 2008, they feel 11 million households were tuned in. And last night, only 6.2. I say only 6.2. That's a shit ton of households, but you get what I'm saying. And you get what they're saying when it comes to ratings. Now, obviously, before the All-Star game, there was Homer and Derby. I didn't watch the whole thing. Watched a couple rounds from what I hear. It was a fucking crazy home run Derby. You know, the balls were just flying out of the park, and a lot of people think the balls are juice, especially Justin Verlander, which I'm going to get to in just a second of what he said. But with the Homer Derby, it just seems like only the diehard baseball fans, you know, tuned in to watch their favorite player in the Derby. 
Now, me watching, to me, it was like watching every Orioles game for the past couple of years. It wasn't anything exciting to me. You know, you, we get to watch a home run derby every night. <laughs> if you're an O's fan, that home run derby was just deja vu. But it just seemed like the average fan was not that excited about home run derby. I tried to talk about it with people that I know and, and family and friends, and nobody, nobody watched it. Just the diehard fans tuned in. Now, talking about the baseballs just flying out of the park, and I do. I believe that the balls are juiced somehow. I mean, we know that the seams are a little lower. I just, uh, there was a game about a month ago. Trey Mancini basically just reached out his bat, and it looked like he, he didn't, he it almost looked like he was guessing the pitch, and he guessed wrong, and it was a curveball fading away from him, and he stuck out his bat, and it looked like it was just going to be a bloop single. The ball went 410 feet, and that hit was trending on Twitter about how juiced these balls are. You can't tell me that something else is going on with these baseballs. That ball should have not gone 410 feet, and Justin Verlander is getting in the middle of this, and he's getting pissed uh, because he's made comments over the past season or two about how obvious it is that these balls are getting juiced. And here's what he said. He said this the other day. Uh, they asked him again about the, uh, where did I find this? On USA Today, they put it out. He says, Justin Verlander about these juice balls. It's a fucking joke. He says, Major League Baseball is turning this game into a joke. They own Rawlings. And you've got Manfred up here saying it might be the way they center the pill. They own the fucking company. If any other $40 billion company bought a $400 million company and the product changed dramatically, it's not a guess as to what happened. We all know what happened. Manfred, the first time he came in, what did he say? He said he wants more offense. All of a sudden, he comes in. The balls are juiced. It's not a coincidence. We're not idiots. And then he continues. Uh, the question was, somebody asked if he thought the ball juicing was intentional. And his answer was, yes, 100%. They've been using juice balls in the home run derby forever. They know how to do it. It's not a coincidence. He says, I find it really hard to believe that Major League Baseball owns Rawlings and just coincidentally, the balls become juiced. So, <laughs> obviously, Verlander is, is telling it like it is, and he believes it. I believe it, too. I think that's interesting. You know, Manfred comes in. Says we want more offense in the game, and then boom, everyone's hitting home runs. And it also has to do a little bit with players these days. They really don't care about striking out, and everyone's got an uppercut swing. Seems like nobody chokes up anymore trying to hit that base hit down the line. They all want to hit a home run. Uh, So during the All-Star game, Ken Rosenthal walked up to him in the dugout, and he said, uh, you know, how to respond about Manfred saying they didn't do anything to the balls, they didn't juice them. You know, they didn't do anything to make sure people are hitting home runs. You know, Justin Verlander's on national television. I mean, he's not going to come out and be like, well, he's a fucking liar and he can eat a dick. He basically just said, well, you know, hopefully we can all work together and, and try to figure this out. Again, just a polite way of saying you're lying. You're an idiot. But, you know, it's an all-star game. He's got his kids tuned in and he just was trying to be polite. And so he just real politely said, well, I'm hoping we can all work together on this and figure this out. I believe there is something going on with the baseballs. I know all sports, they love offense. Fans love watching people score. Home runs are always fun to watch. 
football, they you know, they do everything they can do to try to get teams to be able to score more in the offense, drive in more points. So I thought that was interesting. And Verlander says, look, when Manfred came in in 2015, you know, he's talking about how he wants more offense. All of a sudden, home runs come up. So I looked it up. In 2014, there's 4,186 home runs hit. 2015, there's 4,909. 2016, 5,610. 2017, 6,105. 2018, 5,585. And obviously, you know, 2019, they're on a record pace of breaking those records. So I think Justin Verlander has a point here. What's going on? Who knows, maybe in a 30 for 30 documentary 20 years down the road, we'll find out they did. And, and if we do, is it going to be a big deal? I don't know, probably not. I, it, it, me personally, I might be a little concerned. You never want to see anyone fuck with the game to shift it to the way that they want secretly. I mean, that all just sounds shady. And of course, these pitchers, Verlander, he's speaking up because it's the pitchers who are taking it right on the chin with these baseball's getting juiced and I know uh Rob Manfred saying that no we didn't do anything I but just what I am seeing on the television and in live games you're like how in the hell did that ball just go over the wall and I know these guys are stronger and it's all uppercut swings but I don't know man it's it's strange so uh, with the uh, the home runs, I guess we'll all just continue to enjoy it and see him break records month after month. And I guess we're going to have to continue to try some way or another, enjoy this rebuild. It's going to be a long few years. Again, Andrew Kashner, you will be missed. He was a lot of fun. He just had a lot of fire in that tummy. <laughs> Obviously, always wanted to go out and win. He hated getting taken out of the game. It's just we love seeing that on our team. We, you want a guy who's fired up ready to win. So again, here we go. Second half of the Orioles season 2019. I always love hearing from you guys. Full count chaos at gmail.com is the way to get in touch with me. Till next time.